Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And, of course, Venerable Tom Dorian. Present. We are here just praying that uh, Tom's miracles start showing up at some point in time so he can move from Venerable <laughs> I guess you're making a, you're praying blessed. for my death, too. No, 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 no. Well, you know. Doesn't that go with it? Well, we'll just say St. Joseph a happy death is what we're praying for. No, 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 no. Oh, gee, no. thank you. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. No, no, no. We don't want any of that stuff to happen. By the way, I have a little bit of a frog in my throat. You know, uh, the Catholic Cafe has started serving frog legs. Yes. <laughs> and so I don't know. I get a little tickle, a little frog in my throat, something, whatever this time of year that kind of happens. So still you're smiling. <laughs> I'm still smiling. I'm happy about it. Hey, apparently. There you good go. frog legs. There you go. But just to warn the audience, at any time he might break out and hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Yeah, no, I'm probably not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, so today we have an interesting topic that uh, you had to convince me was interesting. So that's good. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's true. I had to be sold on this, you know. We actually arm wrestled. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, I lost. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, Ziggy, Ziggy has these ideas sometimes. I don't know. He sits like in this little, uh, uh, what, what do they call those uh, sensory deprivation chambers? <laughs> and and he like comes up with these ideas that are like just seemingly so out there. And I'm going like, what? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, interestingly, this last one. This one, you start talking. Well, you want to talk about the universal destination of goods, which yeah. is not something that rolls off the tongue. But interestingly, I've been listening to um, the Catechism of the Year with Father Mike Schmitz, and just recently we talked about the Seventh Commandment, mm-hmm. and we talked, "Thou shalt not steal." And then he read to us in the Catechism this little section on the universal destination of goods, and I thought, right. "Well, this is divine inspiration, divine intervention." This is divinely inspired. We are going to be talking about the universal destination of goods. Our Lord knows how to break through a sensory deprivation tank. So. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. And, and through my thick skull also. So, so all that stuff works together for the good somehow. Uh, and so what we're going to talk about is this concept. Uh, and I have to admit, when I was listening to the Catechism in a Year, I uh, you know, I'd heard that term before, but it was one of those kind of things that when you hear it, you kind of go like, yeah, I don't care. And it just kind of goes in the back of your mind. I mean, it's, let's be honest. The average person listening to those kinds of terms don't always just go like, you're not standing on the street corner, you know, uh, you know, all the, all the masses are gathering together and talking about the universal destination of goods. However, when you start to hear the words that are said, you start to realize that this concept greatly impacts our entire society mm-hmm. and some of the things that we take for granted, some of the things that we think are good and holy, and then they turn out not to be so good and not to be so holy mm-hmm. based on what we, how we view them. Right. So what we should do is, um, again, this shows up in the catechism uh, in part three, the life in Christ, uh, where it's talking about the, the, the Ten Commandments, and then it goes into the Seventh Commandment, uh, which is, you shall not steal. Um, and there's a little bit about uh, stealing there uh, at the beginning in paragraph 2401. But I do want to read the subsequent paragraphs. And that'll be sort of like, I guess, the basis of our, our discussion here. Because I think it's really important uh, to talk about. So let's look at 2402, uh, which is titled The Universal Destination and the Private Ownership of Goods. 
In the beginning, God entrusted the earth and its resources to the common stewardship of mankind to take care of them, master them by labor, and enjoy their fruits. The goods of creation are destined for the whole human race. However, the earth is divided up among men to assure the security of their lives, endangered by poverty and threatened by violence. The appropriation of property is legitimate for guaranteeing the freedom and dignity of persons and for helping each of them to meet his basic needs and the needs of those in his charge. It should allow for a natural solidarity to develop between men. The right to private property, acquired or received in a just way, does not do away with the original gift of the earth to the whole of mankind. The universal destination of goods remains primordial, even if the promotion of the common good requires respect for the right to private property and its exercise. In his use of things, man should regard the external goods he legitimately owns not merely as exclusive to himself, but common to others, also in the sense that they can benefit others as well as himself. The ownership of any property makes its holder a steward of providence, and the task of making it fruitful and communicating its benefits to others, first of all, his family. Goods of production, material or immaterial, such as land, factories, practical or artistic skills, oblige their possessors to employ them in ways that will benefit the greatest number. Those who hold goods for use and consumption should use them with moderation, reserving the better part for guests, for the sick, and the poor. So, and I'll just, the last little section here, it says, political authority has the right and duty to regulate the legitimate exercise of the right to ownership for the sake of the common good. Now, again, the catechism lays all this out, talking about whose goods are they, essentially, uh, including in those uh, talents, gifts, skills, things that we, all the things that we can do, but also all the things that we can own, all the, all the things of creation, right? All of this is setting up to say, like, what is stealing? And so that's not really what we're covering here, right. but it's, it's wanting to define goods yes, in, in a way. But this is an interesting concept, the universal destination of goods. I, I know a lot of times people have heard this expression like, you know, this is not my money. I'm just taking care of it. This mm-hmm. is the Lord's money. Everything is a gift to me from the Lord. And we hear that a lot. Yeah. But this is this is kind of like a, you know, I don't know, a canon law symposium about the gifts that we've been given. Yeah. And, and it helps us to understand uh, more fully uh, the things that we might wrestle with. Um, because I, here we are. And by the way, happy Advent. I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're in the first Sunday of Advent, and this week of Advent starts, uh, and we are entering into a season of preparation for what has become in our society, in our, in our nation especially, but in our world, um, a, a season of materialism, right, for yeah. a lot of people. And it's all about the shopping, it's all about the buying, it's all about the eating, it's all about the stuff, stuff and more stuff, right? Ownership and having all these things and then buying things to give to others, expecting things in return. And it's become a lot of uh, materialism. And this is a, I think it's a good thing for us to, to understand this concept of the universal destination of goods. So Sam, give us the Sam Rodriguez, the Ziggy definition or understanding of the universal destination of goods. Well, I think the reason it's really important for us in this day and age, especially as we live in a culture, right, that's very me-centered, right? And, and, that, and we also have a, live in a culture that's obsessed with money and the concept of private property, right? Basically, everything 
can be reduced uh, to private property these days, either property, right. private property or it's public property owned by the government, which also, you know, is is not owned by you, right? And right. It's, it's it's very different insofar as, um, like, just to cast a vision for what Christendom used to look like. I mean, we're we're going way way back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But um, you know, once upon a time, what you had was everything was held in common, right? Uh, in terms of the common lands, uh, like you had a king. Who technically was the was the owner of the lands, right? right? Because stuff was entrusted to his stewardship, and he had lords, right? And they had the they had castles, the lord of the manor, manor. And we might think, oh, look at these these big rich elites who are are running these these castles, and look how cruelly they're treating these serfs. And and listen, I'm sure there were plenty of lords of the manor who were treating serfs. Very, very badly. Right. But it's not, and just like there were some very bad kings, but there's also some sainted kings, and there's some sainted lords. And the way, the way, the way they were supposed to be conducting themselves was from a place of stewardship, where actually the, the reality is, like the, the lord of the manor, he didn't own those lands. Those were common lands that he that were entrusted to his stewardship to manage, and he was supposed to care for those who uh, were, were bound to the land. Those who were bound to the land, they did have to work certain hours of the week uh, to fulfill an obligation to the estate. But the fact of the matter is they had just tons of acres available to them, right, in terms of, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, for agricultural purposes, for growing livestock, for growing uh, crops, for getting timber, for fishing, all of these things. And so you had, we have this image of the peasants of medieval times just living this dark, terrible life, Right, but in fact, there's something that there's there's a purity when when you read passages like this mm-hmm. in, in the Catechism. There's a purity to the life that they led, especially if they're they're ones who are blessed to li- you know live in a place where there's a saintly king and a saintly lord and stuff like that. That's right, you know, um, to where they are able to. Um, it's not all about me. Right, they're living in community with one another. They're they're able to to care for their families and care for one another. And there's a lot about the culture back then that is foreign to us. But you compare that to this day and age, and we've got sort of the the, the liberal economic framework, right? That that uh, we've had now for centuries, where it's all about me. It's all about maximizing my own utility. It's all about private property. It's all about what I own. And if I give something, it's because. I'm choosing to give something, and it's up to, and I don't have to give anything. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that is basically well, the culture again, that we live in. Now, I don't want to make this like a um, you know a kind of a false black and white right, thing of because because all um, all we'll say capitalism. You know, all of this of, of of property ownership and rights is not you know grounded um, in in selfishness. Right. But it easily can be. You know, and the same thing like where someone might look back in those those feudal days, right, yeah. with the feudal lords, and they might think like, well, those people were just basically mistreated, maltreated. They were they were enslaved, right? right? The guy would ride around on his horse, and he would bark out commands, and they'd have to they'd have to work the land for him, yeah, right. But but what you're saying, and I think what history would tell us is that there was a it was a more of a give and take yeah. where he needed those people. Like as he's the lord of those lands that are not his own, that he's overseeing, right? Right in stewardship, that that he needs those people to be in good, 
stead, to, to be stable, to be fed, to be taken care of. And they also needed him because they needed that uh, someone to watch over the big picture, and yeah. so there was a there was a a, a, a sympathetic or a, um, a relationship that essentially they they fed off of each other when it was done properly. Well, in, in the definition, if you look at Saint Thomas Aquinas and you look at Aristotle, the definition of tyranny is rule for private gain, right? And so that's the difference maker. And the fact of the matter is, you don't have to be a big powerful person to be a tyrant. I mean, yeah. all of us have been in a workplace where there's some little tyrant who's there, right? You can have ty- tyrants <laughs> within the family, right? And and that's an understanding of like within Catholic. Who are the tyrants? in your family, <laughs> Sam. This is an opportunity for us just to come clean. No, I'm kidding. No, we don't. No. Don't do that. <laughs> the, but, you, but like within Catholic, within the Catholic understanding of power and politics, I mean, really, every human being, every human person has power that's entrusted to their stewardship. Even if it seems like they have very little, even the the beggar on the streets, he has access to God, right? And he has the ability to. Uh, use that power uh, to call blessings upon that person, or if people are are, uh, are are treating him badly, the Lord's going to listen. You know what I mean? And so, at, at the end of the day, we all have power that is entrusted to our care, and the question becomes: Are we going to use it for private gain or not? And we have a culture these days where, like, on one hand, we we have the sense of I'm not trying to be like anti. Uh, Democratic, but I think that if we just take dem- democracy or capitalism in this, just like uh, if we make idols of, you know what I yeah. mean, and we say like, oh, that's the answer to all of society's ills. You know, at the end of the day, democracy can also be a situation where you, instead of having one tyrant, we're all you know we're all out for private gain. We're all voting based on what's in it for me. What can this politician promise me and mine that, uh, you know, and, and it's all about, it's not, we're, we're not. Kind, we're kind of there now. We're, we are there right now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so that doesn't fix the tyranny to just but make it also, where we all get to be tyrants. I, again, know? I don't want to be the naysayer here, but at the same time, there are people that will say that capitalism is evil. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we have to be careful with that because, again, I, I just want to say that capitalism essentially is amoral. Yeah. Right. And, and we have to be cautious because a lot of times it's very easy, especially for people who are from, you know, either European systems that are a little bit different than ours uh, or more uh, socially uh, uh, driven systems. They might look at like uh, American think that there were a bunch of greedy cowboys, you know, right. and were trying to take over the world. And are there greedy cowboys trying to take over the world in America or in other capitalistic systems? There are. Right. But that doesn't define the system, and I want to be careful that mm-hmm. somehow right. in all of this we got to keep a balance and understanding. And but at the, at, I love the phrase that's in the Catechism uh, passage that I read that essentially talks about saying that the universal destination of goods is primordial. Yeah, right. At the very core of everything is the understanding that everything, and I mean every dot thing dot. I mean every single thing. Whether it be a, uh, a a thing of creation or uh, a thing of manufacture or a, a a thing of of talent or skill, right? Everything that we are and everything that we're going to be, all of that is a gift from God. All yeah. of it belongs to God. It it flows from God, right? And it needs to flow back towards God or lead others to God. And so, all of those things are gods, and we are stewards, much like the feudal lords. We're right. stu- stewards of all of the stuff. 
Well, the church. So, the, and to build on what you just said, like the church condemns communism but critiques capitalism, and there is a difference. Yes, right, hundred percent. And that's yeah. why I know people listening going like, "Wait, are you saying we're supposed to be communists?" No, no, and no. Why not? <laughs> well, so communism. Why not? Sam? So communism is a, is a thing that's where, where where stuff is being taken by force, by violence, all of that. And 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 with with this, this is saying God has entrusted things to our care. Right, and and it's supposed to be if we're all living for God, a hierarchy is can be a healthy, positive thing, right? Because everybody from the top down, we're all stewards. We all have things entrusted to our care. We're all caring for those who are entrusted to our care, and we're all caring by extension for one another, right? Because um, we're all living for God. Because we're all living for God, and we're living in that well ordered way, right? And so, in that sense, uh, it, you know, and you can you can live that kind of life within the context of you know, like like like. Uh, you know, a system that has capitalist um, uh, institutions and democratic institutions and stuff like that. But in terms of forcing people, it has to come from within. It has to come from God transforming the heart. Now, I can't transform how, like, you know, billionaires up top might choose to live their life and what's been entrusted to their care. They're going to be accountable regardless, mm-hmm. right? But we can, we, we are in, in charge of what is entrusted to our care. And, and that includes, like, we live in a democratic system. Or am, I, am I just going to think about me? And, and, and about, and, 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 or am I going to try to think about the common good, right? W- within the context of, like, a capitalist system, am I going to just ha- try to think about the money I can make for me, <laughs> right? Or am I going to think in terms of, I've got these, like, you mentioned that t- they talk about skills and gifts, including yeah. artistic gifts. Am I going to be in touch with my gifts and my skills? I'm going to put them to use for the common good. I'm going to receive that which uh, God might entrust in my care for and, and dignifying my labor, right, with that, with that money. Am I going to then basically receive, steward, give, Receive is that going to be the rhythm by which I'm choosing mm. to live, and that's yeah. that's living in accordance with the order of grace, and that's not something that man, you know, can force people into. And so, all you're going to do if you have a bunch, bunch of Marxist communists is it's actually a lot of people would say that Marxism is best understood as a Catholic heresy, because what it does is it perverts the the, the picture of what the church of what of what God desires for us. And it basically says, oh, you don't need God for that. That can be a man-made thing. Yeah. And that is a lie. And, and, and so, but, but in terms of us taking this time, especially during this Advent season, to say, you know what? I, I want to really empty myself of all these entitlement that I have, the sense of attachment that I have to all this stuff and all this th- stuff that I think I need and all my me-centered thinking that I have. And I want to use this Advent time instead to really think about the common good and, 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 and to really empty myself unto the fullness of God. Yeah, I know. And that's a, that's a beautiful notion. It's hard for us to do. Again, living in a society, uh, you know, especially the United States of America, where we essentially have a, a – uh, it's a democratic, obviously, nation, but uh, it's, it's based on capitalism. That's our economic engine uh, that, that, that drives the country. And a, and a constant challenge to um, capitalism, I mean, especially this uh, paragraph 2405 in the Catechism where it says, goods of production, material or immaterial, such as land, factories, practical or artistic skills, oblige their possessors to employ them in ways that will benefit the greatest number. Those who hold goods for use and consumption should use them with moderation, reserving the better part for guests, for the sick and the poor. That's a direct challenge to oh, yeah. the way that we think, right? Now, a lot of times people 
or are, are going to think like, well, how do I do that? I mean, do I? Are you telling me I, I shouldn't have savings? Are you telling me I shouldn't like invest in stocks and bonds and whatever for my retirement? I shouldn't have a retirement plan. I shouldn't have a little nest egg here, um, you know? Because a lot of people might think, well, that's saying that you shouldn't do that. And I get, I guess, what I'm trying to help us understand here is that while it, that, that word primordial is used about the the universal destination of goods. There is a balance here that we have to strike. Mm-hmm. We we have to if we if we uh, live in a constant tension, you know, in the society that we live in now, in terms of ownership of goods and then the use of our goods. If we live in a constant tension, what that means is that we're constantly sort of evaluating and reevaluating, evaluating right. what we're doing and how we're doing it, and then also to be able to. Uh, participate in the society and start to look at these corporations and maybe hold some of them accountable and say, look, your job is, uh, you know, your job in a capitalistic society is to get as big and powerful as possible and to reward the stockholders. I mean, essentially, that's that's the way capitalism works. Now, the benefit there is when you're doing that, it also, there's a trickle down, right? There's, there's, there's jobs that are had. That everyone starts, there's a lot of benefits that happen in the society when everybody's at work and some of these corporations are doing well. The problem is it's so easy for some of us with a sinful nature, and I think that's all of us, yeah. right? In a fallen world, there's this tendency to get too big, to get too um, much of a gargantuan, you know, uh, I was going to say amoral, but really it becomes immoral when you start to not use the goods for the benefit of the greatest number, right? And so there's a constant tension. We need to evaluate these things. We need to choose um, political leaders that are going to be aligned with this teaching. And and also, on a personal level, Sam, you mentioned, you know, Advent, is, we're, we're in the midst of Christmas shopping. So thinking about what gifts we're going to buy, how much we're going to spend, and what that money can be used for, and then... To put all of that sort of in a in in a balance and start to look at how are we doing all these things? Maybe it's the first time you've thought this way. Well, and, and a couple of things, Bill, on what you said. You, you talked about savings and retirement funds and all of that stuff like that. I think the first thing to say is this: like you you want to. God is here to encounter each of us where we are and move us to our next step. So it's about listening to God, making ourselves available to God and letting God guide us to whatever his next step might be and how he wants us to steward what's been entrusted to us. Like if somebody looks at the life of like a Franciscan friar of the renewal or a missionary of charity or the, the, the clear Creek monks or something like that, who live these really hard ascetical lives and say, Oh, I want that. And they jump right into that. Yeah. That might be a lot all at once. That's not a tension. That's an overcoming and you would not survive. It's yeah, hard to, yeah. It's hard I mean, to survive after one that. weekend, you might be like, I don't know if I can do this. And you know what? Maybe you can't. And so it's it's not about having some perfect ideal and trying to like force yourself to 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 suddenly live after some sort of uh, ideal that you're imagining. Instead, it's all right, Lord. I'm hearing these teachings. I want to do better. Right? I surrender everything to you. I you own my life. I was ransomed right. at a price. <clears throat> I entrust myself to you. What you call me to do, I will do. And it. not only myself, but everything that I have. Everything that I have. Everything that I will get. Yes. You know, and everything that I give. Because stewardship and discernment and surrender, all of that goes hand in hand. You know, but it's it's critical that we do that because we have to sort of divest ourselves of the sense of of I own all of this and it all belongs to me. And it's you know. Here's something like we go if we went further in the reading of the catechism. It's an interesting uh, thing they talk about. Like 
if a very if a starving man steals bread from you, it's actually not theft because and it's not and it's not an ends justify the means thing because within Catholic teaching that's not moral theology. We don't have an ends justifies the mean (laughs) teaching anywhere. What it is is if he. Uh, if he has, if a starving man has stolen bread for you, he had a right to it. If you have a surplus of bread and he has none, he needs it. He needs it. He has. A, right. He had a right to it. And the it's, way that it's you also don't. it's it's like especially that that last little part of twenty four oh five. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, reserving the better part for guests, for the sick and the poor. Right. Right. So I, I, I'm not saying because a lot of times you say, well, there's there's obvious need and you see the need and yeah. everyone agrees that person needs it. But then there are people that think they need it, yeah, right. And then and then I, it's just the, that line can get real blurry real fast. Well, that's what it comes down to discernment. But if yes. you contrast that to you got people who have billions of dollars, like I heard yesterday, Jeff Bezos, six point five million dollars is equivalent to five dollars for most of us. Yeah, which is insane. And and I'm not sitting here trying to like point a finger and cast you know judgment on any particular person. But what, but I am saying at the end of the day, if you look at the story of the rich man and Lazarus, it doesn't say anything that he did wrong. Right and and at the end of the day, um, there you know the implication I think you'd say is sin of omission. If 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 you're just sort of you're that rich guy yeah. and it's all about you and you're not thinking about the poor guy that you're walking past, there is a problem there, right. and, and that we do need to stop and reflect and think and discern, surrender and discern, and, and yeah, God might call you to some radical thing that and, and, and as a first step. But he, most often, God got, helps us grow in a gradual way, mm-hmm. and He's going to guide. But but He can't do that if we don't stop and surrender right. and, and make ourselves available. I to don't that. want to sound like a broken record, but at the same time, I don't. I, I want people to understand that I realize, and I think the church realizes that there are good things that some of these huge corporations do by oh, employing sure. lots and lots and lots of, of people, right, yeah. and funneling money into the economy and creating a, a sense of stability. The real question becomes at at their core, like what's primordial for those companies? Yeah, and I I think we can all kind of agree that it's typically not what God wants. Yeah, oftentimes right. And, it's and, not. and yeah. that's that's the thing that we want to we want to start to address. And we can really not you and I, uh, the three of us here in the Catholic Cafe, can't fix right. these major corporations. We can't fix ourselves. Yes, and we can't focus ourselves on the universal destination of goods, realizing that everything that is is a gift to us and that we're stewards over it and how we use those gifts how we share those gifts with others what we do with them uh and and where we don't hoard them and where we distribute them uh, uh according to need those are the things that will change the world and make this world a better place those are the things that are going to lead people right essentially closer to god and to help them to know Grace, and they'll be the grace that people so desperately need, so that a, a, a man who's hungry won't have to steal a loaf of bread, yeah, right, because he'll be provided for. And so, I know that's a it's a challenging thing, especially as we enter into the Christmas season. But it's something that we need to take to heart and understand that the Lord wants us uh, to live a life of bounty and beauty. But to do that, we have to realize whose is what's, and it's all His, and we're only stewards. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.